I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's going on, everybody? This is episode 69 of the T. Rowan Funky Show, brought to you, as always, by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built. Tommy, I did end up taking a Defense Soap white bath myself last week because I worked out and then I had to do something. Um, so I'm going I'm to go ahead and cop to that before we... Uh, Good for you, my brother. So, I like that. I like that it's got. I think it's got like a tea tree oil in it, or something, something like that, that makes you know smell kind of good, makes you actually seem like you're clean, even though maybe you didn't fully shower. <laughs> nice um, plug, my brother. Yes, sir. And so, hey, so we're gonna start this. The, the topic we're gonna do today is a fun one, and actually, our two best shows ever have been top ten lists. And we talked about doing this last summer, and then we never got around to it. But we got kind of a down, a, uh, a lull here. So tonight, today we're going to do top 10 high school kids in the last 20 years. But before we get there, and I think this is it'll be an interesting segue to our top 10, I made a post on Sunday night. Someone sent me this picture. And Tommy, you're going to have to look at it for yourself just so you get a good visual of what I'm talking about. But it was five really... Go to Facebook. A- AW was con- a- the Askren Wrestling Academy Facebook page. Um, okay. But it's really small kids, probably four or five years. They're about my daughter's age and my daughter's four, right? And right. every one of them has like just bad, terrible body language, like they're pissed or they don't want to be there or something, you know? I, got it. I see it. And And I was laughing at it, but I said to me, this symbolizes everything that's wrong with youth wrestling today. And I wasn't indicting these kids and or their parents, but I got a lot of heat on the comments. If you notice, there's like almost 200 comments now. And a lot of them are like, how could you say this about those kids? And then the the, uh, the one-star parents, they started spamming me uh, one-stars for my reviews on Facebook, which I thought was quite humorous. But <laughs> either way, so I, the next day I made a, a Facebook Live post about my thoughts on youth wrestling. And Tommy, I think you're going to echo my sentiment. I wish we disagreed more often. It might make for better radio, but – well, do, I do. Have, yeah. I do have seven. But here's here's the thing. Full transparency before okay. we get to this. Yeah, and, and let's go. We truly are wing. We truly are winging it. But you know, I do have a seven year old son that wrestled thirty matches this year. So sure, it will be interesting with what your take is. Sure. So I, I just said there is too much youth competition at too young of an age. Um, I said, you know, my my daughter will start wrestling next year in our news program when she turns five years old. But. Uh, you know, I think I'll probably start competing her at seven or eight. I just don't see the point at five and six. And furthermore, um, you know, I think it's 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 the parents. It's like I, I told someone I was talking to someone about this today. Someone asked me about it, and I said, you know, Tommy, you you're uh, what you're the VP at a vegetable company of some sort. Yeah, right? produce. Yeah. Okay, so say say I came to your office, Tommy, and I said. And you were on a phone call. I said, sell that produce. Get them the avocados right now, really fast. Make sure they get it now. Are you gonna do your, Are you gonna do your job better or worse? Worse. Worse. So now I bring in your grandma and your aunt and your sister. They're all yelling too. Are you gonna do your job better or worse then? Worse. So why worse. do these parents think that screaming at the side of the mat makes their five and six year old, especially when these kids have a certain that the, the emotional maturity that they possess at that age is so low? All of them across the board. And so when then four people are yelling, it it just like it really churns my stomach. I really hate it um, when I go to youth tournaments. I really, I mean, and, and I, you know, I'm I'm practicing what I preach because if, if you look at AWA's registrations, our K through two will always be our least by a lot, right? We always have a lot more seventh, eighth, fifth, sixth, third, fourth. K two is way behind because we really almost discourage those kids from competing because I just don't see a huge amount of value in it. And I will say, Tommy, your son wrestled 30 matches, but you're a level-headed dude and you know wrestling, so your son has an inherent advantage that most kids do not have at seven. Yeah, so you went the direction that I kind of didn't want you to go because we are in total agreement. And I think that what, <laughs> I think that what you said 
is exactly how I feel. And you're obviously more involved in youth wrestling than I am, even though I have a son in youth wrestling. And, and I think it's the application of involving your child in youth sports that is what ekes at you. It's not necessarily youth sports in itself. It's the parental application on how they yeah. um, choose to treat, raise, or mentor, or coach, or teach, whatever you want to call it, their child in the sport, especially wrestling. And I saw a lot of that. And, you know, I, I do believe in involving um, my kids in youth sports, but I think more in the context of what you're describing. I think there's something to be said for um, teaching them at a young age to try your best and have fun. I think that, you know, kids are sponges when they're in an adverse climate. They, at a young age, they, 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 learn how to develop um, toughness as well as fine motor skills and other things um, inherently easier, and they're more resilient at a young age. So I think that exposing them in, in, in really um, like pre-designed doses, not yeah. to sound technical, but it's like – No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. You're, 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 you're giving them these proper dosages of all of the great things about sport, in particular wrestling, mm -hmm. and you're giving them those proper doses so that in a way they're developing, they're learning, but they're also kind of in a, in a way wanting more and asking for more. Yeah. And you're giving them just a little bit uh, less than what they really want yes. um, so that they're coming back for more. And that's where – that is where I think that we fall off the deep end and it becomes really philosophical because, as you know, Ben, that could vary from child to child. Oh, 100%. And, you know, it's hard to put – we actually – so we tried to do this this year because, we, you know, we, we, we discouraged our younger kids from competing and it almost led to a, a system where some of our older kids weren't competing as often as they needed to. And so we kind of tried to lay a blueprint this year. And I don't have it in front of me. But uh -huh. we, we did it we did it by age groups um, in the Wisconsin state age groups are 15 14 13 12 11 10 8 9 and then there's no state championship for seven or under and so I put seven and under don't care if they wrestle any matches right and right. then but then by the time they were the 14 15 division which is they're essentially seventh or eighth graders right, right. I, I said they should be wrestling 35 to 50 matches um, right because they are going to be in high school next year so for every group we, we put um, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, 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 oh my God, Tommy! Uh, one number to the other. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Sequence. A, a sequence or a, a stretch of numbers. So some guys might be on the low end, some guys might be on the high end. If there's a real special kid and, and and they love it, they might be a little higher than the high end. But um, we tried giving them some guidance on that, and obviously it built up as the kids got older. It built up. Um, one one thing that I think is awesome. Is and there's a couple of these in Wisconsin, but I wish there'd be more. But there's a couple clubs who do beginner tournaments, and I believe it's K through four. And um, it, if you've wrestled more than two years, you can't do it. Which you know, obviously at K through four, it's kind of hard to have wrestled more than two years. Um, but the parents can't be mad side; only coaches. There's no penalties, so you know, a locked hands call, they'll stop and tell them, or if, you know, whatever, they'll, they'll they'll stop. There's no penalties, right? And the ref will explain to them what they did wrong. And it's not nearly as competitive or as insane of an environment. So I think, and I actually, me and Jake Herbert were talking about this when he was in town last week. You know, going that direction for our young kids where we're doing these beginner tournaments where parents are not on the mats, penalties aren't called, they're, you know, matches are more thoroughly explained to the kids. I think that would be a good direction to go. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, Ohio has something similar, probably not quite as laid back as what you described, but there is, um, you know what they have is they have every tournament virtually every tournament has a morning tournament that's from like eight to noon and then and they call it novice and you have to have wrestled two years or less to be a mm, part of it interesting and then around 1 p.m the regular tournament starts and so my son part of the reason he got 30 matches this year is because we would go to wrestle in the novice because it was his first year of actually doing tournaments and he would do well you were, you were sandbagging him weren't you rollins no <laughs> <laughs> And he, he, yeah, he, but he already wrestled 300 matches against the Twins in the living room. That's true. He, yeah, he's like 300 and 0 going into this year against his brothers. But yeah, so I mean, you know, the thing that I and I I heard my dad say this when people ask him about how he brought me up in wrestling, and 
or, or kids in general. And I, and I think I feel the same way, even though I have a unique background in the sport, I would say to any parent out there that it's like, Hey, listen, there is no manual. There is no rule book there. You know, you have to, you know, you have to have the right mentality for your child. You have to have their best interests at mind. But I really think it's case by case, but there's some fundamental ways to approach it and look at it like we're talking about right now mm-hmm. that I think you really want to hold tight to you because, you know, as much as I like that my son, he did two practices a week this year for about four months and we did 30 matches, kind of misleading. It was only like four or five weekends because those two weekends where he had a lot of matches in yeah. one turn. But, but anyways, you know, it was because I knew he liked it and he wanted to keep doing it. You know, if, if had he had some episodes where I could tell that he was struggling with what was going on out there, I would immediately let off the pedal. I mean, I just think it's like a surfing type of thing. It's like yes. you just want to stay on the wave. And so sometimes you got to speed up to stay on the wave. Um, sometimes you got to slow down. For example, I think my son, if he didn't do um, – a little bit of live wrestling on again, this particular son of mine would have gotten a little bit bored with wrestling. You sure, know what I mean? Sure, of course. Whereas I think other kids, like my nephew, um, he probably – he loved just going through the skills and learning something, but he didn't necessarily take to combat too well. So with him, he's my nephew. You know, He's my sister's kid. I'm like, hey, let's just, just have him come to practice and do the drills. And then we, when we go live, we can watch You know, because he enjoyed – the learning part, but he didn't enjoy, you know, shaking hands with some kid because he's, you know, he's a little kid. Well, Tommy, well, I, you you've been beating your kid in the living room since two, so that's why he loves combat. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter, dude, my daughter loves combat. She loves fighting, and it's like we just like roughhouse and play around, and it's just normal, you know. But she right. loves combat to the point where we like you, Alex. You can hit daddy. You can't hit other people. You can wrestle yeah. with daddy. You can't wrestle with other people. Um, um, Hey, so let, let me let me make this is kind of kind of be a long winded point, and it'll actually really lead us into our discussion of our top ten high school wrestlers over the last twenty years. So this guy, I, I went and found this post because I didn't want to misquote him. A guy named Dom Mancini made a very long, very intelligent post, almost to the point that I'm not old enough to have considered this as a possibility. Tommy, and obviously you're only a couple years older, so you probably aren't either. Um, and one of the things I mentioned in my youth wrestling video yesterday was the retention rate. USA Wrestling said their retention rate is 64%, right? So we've, right. we've talked about issues of getting athletes into wrestling, the singlet, and, and other things, right? But now we talk about once we get them in, obviously we got to keep them. And if all we're keeping every single year is 64%, that's freaking terrible. Because you go two, just two years down the road, at 6.64 times 0.64 is what, like 38% or something probably? Right. I don't know. It's not, it's not high, right? Right, right, right. So, you know, so you're losing a huge amount of kids who actually had the willingness to step on the mat and do it, right? You're losing right. a lot of kids who – and so Dom's point was, he said, if you look at where the sport is now compared to 40 years ago, youth wrestling is the crushing difference. 40 years ago, there were very few youth wrestling programs, but high school teams flourished with many a full freshman JV and varsity teams. College wrestling had double the number of programs. And he kind of goes on from there. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting point. And if you look at the retention numbers, right, because if you go, like, from fourth grade and you go 64%, 64%, 64%, 64%, from fourth to eighth grade, that number, if you started with 100 kids, is down to – what's the number there, Tommy? You're, a, you're Are you a math expert? I, yeah, but I missed the numbers. I, I'm getting the point, though. And so it's, that's not very many out of the original 100 are still there, right? Right, right, and so right. when we talk about high school teams struggling to fill their rosters, is youth wrestling the problem? And do do we have a retention problem that needs to be fixed? Because sixty four percent's not good. And I, I would say I would say yes, we do have a retention problem, and we need to look at ways to fix it. And, and part of that is better educating youth coaches so they can give kids a better experience. I almost think the whole point of youth coaches should be not to win championships, not to make kids great. But to keep kids out and keep kids enjoying the sport of wrestling, right? That's, because that's, that's I agree, and that's how I ran the Little League Wrestling Club. I told all of the parents numerous times throughout the year that the only goal, my only goal, is that you come back. And genius, if, Tommy. If you come back, I'm a happy guy. So whatever I can do to make sure that you guys come back, let me know, and we'll do it. And that's where I think it is different from kid to kid. 
depending yeah. on the home they're brought up in, their age, you know, all those types of things. Yep. But I'm with you. I'm with you, Ben. So I, I wonder what in eight months you need to come on and tell us what your retention rate was from this year. I will. I had four, I, and I and I am keeping track of it. We had 49 signups this year. Yeah. Um, we probably averaged around 30 to 35 a practice. Sure. But we only had like three people just straight up say this isn't for me and quit. That's and then, fantastic. You know, we had 46 that, you know, we out of the 46 that actually stayed, we probably had, as you would imagine, 16 or 17 that had really intermittent attendance. And then we had about 25 to 30 kids that really were there more often than not. Yeah. And so I'm interested to see how the signups go next year. I know our numbers will be bigger sure. because – we're a, we're a more known commodity in the communi- community. But it, but also, Tommy, to grow just like anything, you need retention. I mean, that, that's well, business, that's, right? That's like, if you can, well, you, I completely agree. It's one thing that I know we're going to have more than 49, yeah. but I, I want to know how I'm going to do with those 46 that yeah. wrestled, you know, wrestled the whole year. So all of those things matter. Um, I think it matters in, in a company. Like if you want to yeah, have a good company, you got to have good turnover. You got to have you know, a good culture, a good atmosphere, something that people want to come back to. They're excited to be a part of. I mean, why would it be any different in youth sports? I will say, though, that adding to Don Mancini's point, I think part of the problem in youth sports, uh, it it is youth sports, but it's the specialization. Because if you look at sports, if you look at sports in general, more and more people participate every year, not less and less. But there's more, there's more specialists. So, so we get people that specialize in wrestling, a good chunk, and then you get some kid that goes out for wrestling in the seventh grade. And unlike 40 years ago, that kid who started in seventh grade and 40 years ago is competing with people he can catch up to. Now that yep. seventh grade kid, every other match he's wrestling a kid that's specialized in wrestling, and he gets his ass handed to him, and he says, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I think that's part of it. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, – I mean just, just the specialization in general, I mean – when you essentially, a lot of times, 40 years ago, you had one kid counting as four athletes, right? Because he, he's playing a different sport every season, and now one kid counts as one, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'm there's, uh, and so I think that that is a huge part of it. And, uh, you know what? To, honestly, that's not all that negative of a thing. If a kid finds something they really enjoy and they want to do it, I don't know that that's really that negative. Um, obviously, if they're being forced to do it, then that that is a negative. But if they really, if that's something they enjoy, well, it, it, it's not a negative because if they enjoy it. But I will say, and this is a different discussion. But I don't think specializing at a young age is what's best for you in the specific sport you want to specialize. How in. young? So how young are you talking? I think we've I, discussed this I, before. I would say that specializing when you get to like seventh or eighth grade is okay to me, and I think. Starting your freshman year is perfectly fine. I, but I, I would th- say I would say eleven to fourteen. Um, now, eleven is fifth grade, right? Uh, yeah, usually fifth grade. You know, it's like, but I feel like at eleven, and obviously not every kid. Like you said, kids are different. They, they certain kids, and, and honestly, it's kind of the kids who are special. They have like a higher emotional maturity, and they can make mature, almost adult decisions. You'd say for themselves. Yeah. And we've had kids at my academy said, "Mom, Dad, this is what I want to do." And we've had parents like. Should I really let them do this? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Is it going to burn them out? And I'm like, hey, if they want to be here and they enjoy it, right? Then I don't, I don't think it is. And I, every kid who's taken that path, I don't think we've had any of them that have burned out because they enjoy well, it. That's why they chose to do it. Yeah. They still enjoy it to this day. Um, so I think what we've seen, you know, I think 11 through 14, and really, like I said, e- even five through nine, Tommy, in our academy, it's. One, it's twice a week for an hour, so it's two hours. So really, before the age of 10, you don't even have the option to do more. Um, yeah. 10's when we let them start picking it up a little bit. I think you're right. I mean, like I said, it's not negative to specialize at a young age. I just don't know if it's the best thing for you in the sport sure. you, in fact, want to specialize in. Yeah. But I will say, just share a side note story. The one freakish kid that I got to be around when he was a kid that ended up being great who? Just speaking speaking to you, when you talked about emotional maturity, when I met David Taylor, he was in the seventh grade, and uh, I worked with him like five or six days in a row. I got hired for some small camp in Ohio, and he came every day. And at, 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 in the seventh grade, I remember thinking, this kid has very real plans for yes. him. He has, he has extremely real, tangible plans. He has extremely 
genuine, authentic, high expectations of himself. Although his father was at every practice, he was clearly in the passenger seat of his kid's career. Yeah. And um, I remember no- noticing that about David. I'm like, you know, I'd never really seen that. I think some people say they saw it in me, but obviously I didn't see it in me because I was me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you, you definitely see that, Tommy, in the special ones. And, you know, I can think of a handful where I just saw them at camp and there was just something different about the way they paid attention, the questions they asked, and they were just different. They were engaged at a really early age. You know, and the one I would say that's special is Jaden Cox. And, you know, I didn't coach him a bunch. He, he worked out at that local club, Ironman Elite, and I knew Mike pretty well. And I was just out there once or twice. And, and to your point about David, it's like, you could just tell he was a little different. And you didn't know how good he was going to be. Like, is he going to be good or is he going to be really good or is he going to be great? I don't know, but there's definitely something a little bit different about this kid, even from a young age. Just from a, yep. And I think, honestly, to me, that is the biggest indicator of how successful they're going to be is their level of emotional maturity at a young age because you they're making those decisions that most kids aren't making until 16 and they're making them at 11 or 12 or 13. No doubt, no doubt. So let, let's get into this top ten list, and, and I, you know, I noticed with a lot of these guys, we're talking about emotional maturity. These guys made a lot of very mature emotional decisions very early on in their career, and I think if we look at this list, so we did the we did the last twenty years because that's where you and I are experts in. When you go past that, we're kind of working on hearsay, um, but you and I can really, really nineteen ninety six and on. Yes, we can really dig into this age group. But what what I'm looking at, at least on my list, and I don't know what your list is, we'll see. But it is more recent, and and guys that are getting high level training because it's more available, and kids coming out now are better prepared than they've ever been. Yeah, um, it's crazy. So if there's, there's not better quantity, there's definitely better quality um, of kids. Which you know, I don't know. I, th- I think you need to have both. I think I think both are very important. So I don't want to say quality is more important than quantity or, or vice versa because they're both important. So uh, where do we want to start at 10 and go to 1? Yeah, so let's go by how by how you define it's the best high school wrestlers sure. in the past 20 years. And basically the way I'm interpreting this, Ben, yeah. is that we're, we're, we're giving very little credence to what they accomplished after high school. Oh, I, tr- I tried to give no credence to it. Yeah, I'm I'm saying a, a very like like a tie in a tiebreaker situation I might give the nod, but yeah, I'm I'm trying to use very little credence in that regard. Yeah, I, I tried to look nothing past high school and obviously um well every one of these guys was so freaking good that they, they had at, at least a, a good college career. Um but to me, obviously you kinda had to look past the in state stuff and you know, every one of these guys had this ridiculous in state record. You had to look at um, how they did at the senior level, as crazy as that sounds, right? And, and that's that's where I feel like this this list is a little bit slightly uh, unfair because you have to be a grown man, yeah, or close to it to to compete with other young yeah. men, and that's sometimes in high school you've got kids that aren't men yet that are. David free- Taylor was a great example, as good as he was in high school. Um, he wasn't ready to compete because he was very physically immature. Correct, and his and his skill level and his credentials so far exceeded that reality that he had no business competing with men at his age. That he's probably going to make my top ten. Um, kind of a spoiler alert there, but there's <laughs> Tommy, you're cheating. But there's other guys out there that weren't quite as pronounced as david taylor but in the same situation where it's like listen that guy was an animal he was a blue chip recruit for his age and you saw the writing on the wall that he was going to be great but he couldn't compete with men as a high schooler and so they, those guys won't make the top 10 you know what i mean yeah and and so it, it is just how good they were in high school that, that's all it is um so let's go at number 10 i'll go odd i'll go evens first you go odds first how does that sound okay okay got it Okay, so I got Dustin Schlater, number 10. Um, and, you know, obviously one thing that, you know, we don't go post post high school, but I think it says how good he is, is that he won a national title with only one loss as a true freshman in college. Um, but he won, I don't have the exact, I, I, have, I have credentials on some of my upper ones, um, but him, he won a bunch of Fargo titles. He, he went one-on-one with Metcalf, who will also be on my list. 
uh, in high school. They had some two really, really good matches. Um, and he was he was about as good as it gets in high school for not you know for someone who didn't compete at the senior level. And he wasn't one of those kids that was physically mature beyond beyond his ages, if that makes sense. Correct, and not to be anticlimactic, but Dustin Schlater is also my number ten. Really? Um, Come on, yeah. man. For the same reasons, um, won all kinds of age group national titles in high school. Um, did great in a great state in Ohio. Had a good. <laughs> How much does a, that add to them if they did well in Ohio? He had a good competitive record against Metcalf in, in high school, and he was wrestling grown men. It was known in the state of Ohio that he was wrestling grown men and competing very well with them. So oh, wait, I got hold him. Hold on. I, I do have something written down, Tommy, for him. Um, he beat Frankie Edgar, who is now was a UFC champion, and Michael Keefe at the West Virginia Open his junior year of high school. That's right. I forgot he went to that. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, right? Very impressive. How would you know that? I, I, was, I, was, I was doing my research. I didn't want to come in with a crap list. Jeez. I mean, I, I I put some thought into this, but I didn't do research like that. Well, I, you know, I didn't I didn't want to come in and get you know you to school me or nothing. So, uh, um, okay, so you're you got your first on number nine. So number nine, um, I I had a tough one here, but I'm gonna go. Gosh, it's so boring. I'm going with Metcalf for number nine. Give me a break, Tommy. Dude, he barely got the nod over. He's my number nine too. <laughs> oh God, we're so lame. We're so lame. So Metcalf won a few more age group titles. He won wrestled- six junior national titles. I believe he's tied for first place. Right. So um, six junior national titles, just a, a slight edge over over um, our boy Schlater. But you know he was obviously very good coming out of high school. You know there aren't many of these ten guys. Virtually all of them have that iconic status coming out of high yes, school. Yeah. Um, pretty much all of them. But I, you could argue that, um, and I don't think that he is, but you could argue that Metcalf is the most iconic upon exiting high school going into college, meaning that he had a legendary status walking into college. You could argue he had the most iconic, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, and that, that was, you know, I was a couple years into college. My brother was the same graduating class as Brent Metcalf. Uh, yeah, I, iconic for sure. Um, everyone knew who he was. Everyone, everyone that was his weight feared him. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think he had huge iconic status. Went one and one with Metcalf. He had that crazy match with Matt Dragon at, uh, at the Dapper Dan where Dragon tilted him early. And then, and Metcalf came back to win. And Matt, you know, Matt Dragon didn't have a great college career, but he was a, outstanding high school wrestler um but i you know i guess for me what made him number nine was he was just so dominant at fargo I mean, six in a row and i you know i i don't remember the exact matches but it was just like he would just roll people up just take no them doubt. down cut 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 done no, no doubt all right well let's see if we can't be uh boring on number eight tommy oh geez. so i got at number eight if you got the same one as me i'm gonna flip out at number eight i got none other than your friend steven mako and wow. I definitely don't have Mako at number eight. So go okay. tell me why you think Mako's number eight only. Um well only number eight, well, I can't tell you the rest of the people above him, and so that would be why. You know, one thing I was thinking about that maybe dictated um my thinking that you know where Mako could have been higher is I don't know if you remember Tommy, but we didn't always go to Cadet in, in Junior Worlds back in the day. And like, for example, I won the twenty unders when I was twenty after my second right. year in college, and, and I didn't get to go to the Worlds. They just didn't take right. a team, right? So um, maybe if Mako, you know, pretty much everyone above him on the list has either senior level or cadet or junior world championship um, high placings, right? Where Mako right. didn't really have that, but maybe he didn't have the option to do that. So he, he won three junior national titles. He only had one loss in high school. Um, and I do believe... He competed in a few college opens and and had some success. I could not find that exact information anywhere, but if I remember correctly, he did wrestle in a couple of East Stroudsburg Open or something like that and and had some success in high school. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll get into Mako. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I have one more point. And like Schlater, had success as a true freshman, but he lost. And Tommy, can you believe this? You rode him out to win. You don't ride people. 
I know. I don't ride people, but my new two two national titles, my first one I had to ride the guy out to win. John Lockhart, se- is that who it was? No, I oh, I had to ride Lockhart out to win, and I couldn't, and he got out. The next year yeah. I had to ride, ride Mako out to win, and I did and won it. And then my senior year, I when I won – it top just played a tremendous role in the match. I took took the guy down and rode him for two minutes and twenty seconds to end the first period, and the match was out of reach at that point. And I just never had never had that uh, good luxury of having that. Hmm. Interesting. Every time I teach top when I'm when I'm a clinician, I'm gonna say, "Hey, I'm not known to be a top wrestler, but I will tell you that it makes a difference in the match." And then I explain <laughs> why. Nice. So, okay. Um, so who's your number eight? My number eight is David Taylor. Um. He would be high, he would be higher, but um, unfortunately, I got to ding David for not being able to wrestle men upon graduating. Yeah. And full transparency, I was the exact same way. David was a much better high school wrestler than than I was, but I'm just saying that he just couldn't get a hold of men at yeah. that age, and it's to no fault of his. And, and he even struggled. If you remember, he even struggled as a red shirt. I mean, it really yeah. it took some a while for him to physically mature into what he would. Uh, yeah. Become. So that's why it's the only knock I got on David Taylor's high school career. Other than other than that, you could argue he's number one. Um, actually, you can't. But um, you know, anyways, very accomplished. A Fargo maniac was in Fargo every year. Greco and freestyle did a great job. Um, took on all comers on a tough schedule at Graham. Four time Ironman champion. Um, you know, and now he's obviously you know whatever. But I, I'm going with David Taylor at number number eight. Cool. All right. Well, you're first at number seven. Number seven, I have none other than Logan Steber. <laughs> I got so, I got Steber at seven. Uh, Logan Steber slightly ahead of David because Logan won a head-to-head matchup over David. No, I thought David David beat Logan. That's Logan's only loss. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. David beat Logan, but I got Logan ahead of David because he competed with men by the end of his high school career, yes. did a job with him, beat people like Sam Hazewinkle, so on and so forth. So I had to put him ahead of Taylor. Um, obviously an amazing career at Fargo. Look how You notice how you and I are using Fargo as, as a differentiator? It is. You know, we're not using the Iron Man. We're not using the Beast of the East. We're sure as shit not using the Disney duels. <laughs> <laughs> we're using... We're using Fargo. We're using Fargo performances to differentiate. But anyways, I'm giving Logan number seven in the past twenty years over Taylor, Metcalf, and um, Slater. So I go Steber also, um, and it is by that you know that senior level performance he took. Uh, I believe fifth or sixth at the U.S. Open as a senior. Uh, he had a big win over Sam Hazelwood on the course, and he almost beat. Oh, oh my God, I'm blanking. Who was it? In the semis, Escobedo. Angel. He almost beat Angel Escobedo in the semis. He won. He definitely won one of the three periods. I think he was close to winning another to win the match. Um, then dro- I know he dropped the match to Nick Simmons in the wrestle back somewhere. But for a high school senior, that is freaking impressive. Um, you know, I guess I, I hear this is not a knock on him because we can't count post collegiate results. Uh, I'm sorry, post high school results. Did you know that he lost to Cody Brewer in the Junior Fila Trials in 2011? Oh yeah, I didn't oh, yeah. know that. I forget, totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, he lost. He had he had a loss his redshirt year to Tony Ramos too, I think. But then I mean, but then that's crazy because he lost at the Junior Trials in 2011, and then 2012 he damn near made the the Olympic team. Yeah, no kidding. It's a crazy jump in a year there. Oh, All yeah. right, number six. I, I know you're, you're not going to be okay with this, but that's fine. Um, Spencer Lee. Dude. What? Is he your six? Yeah, he's my six. Tommy, are we soulmates? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. That was perfectly played. Seriously, if we have, if we have the rest... The same, um, and just Mako no, and Taylor. I still got, I still got oh, Mako. you have Mako on. Okay, well, someone. So then you're going to be missing someone. I have. All right, so I have Spencer Lee at number six. Oh, I know who you're missing. Who I have? Spencer Lee at number six. Three world championships, which uh, I don't think anyone else on this list had. No, no one else on this list had that. 
um, while in high school still. Obviously, he lost the last match, but he has a torn ACL, and I, I honestly feel like he's not really obligated to wrestle that match. Like, if he wrestles that match, we don't really count it against him, so why would we count it against him that he did wrestle the match, right? Right, right, um, right. So three world titles speaks for itself. Uh, nobody else has ever done that in the history of the United States. So so he's my number six. Yeah, and I almost put Steber ahead of Lee, but um, because because Steber is a more known commodity against again against senior level athletes than Spencer Lee has, and and I think part of the reason Spencer Lee hasn't wrestled these guys because he he hasn't been big enough yeah. to wrestle the lowest weight class. But um, I I did give him the nod over Steber because of his world-level performances at the age group, three-time world champion, to your point, unprecedented, never been done. And so because of that and that only, I give him the nod over some guys that did have a more notorious career against senior-level guys. So he's my number six. Yeah, so, I mean, one thing there, too, about, about um, I'm sorry, especially not wrestling senior-level competition I do know that the guys Slay, Zadig, the guys at the Olympic Training Center are very big on wrestling within your age group now. And so I know they do push those guys. I mean, e- even Snyder didn't move up to the senior level, um, I believe, till he was either 20, right? No, 19. He won a world title at 19. Yep. But I think yep. he probably could have moved up a little earlier, um, and they, they held him back from doing so. Um, right. So they, they are big on that age group stuff. So, yeah, let's go. Uh, you're first, number five. Number five, I'm going with Steve Mako. Okay. Um, and that's because he won Fargo in an extremely dominant fashion three years in a row. Um, very legendary, iconic, fearful, people were afraid to wrestle him type deal in high school. Um, I know that I was the returning NCAA runner-up um, going into my sophomore year. And Steve Mako was graduating high school. Okay. So you think about it. This guy's graduating high school. I'm the returning national runner-up going into my sophomore year. And Steve Mako was far and away the guy I had circled on my calendar when we were going to wrestle Iowa. I knew that he was going to be the toughest guy for me to beat before college even started, Ben. Damn. And so that I guess that speaks to you know the reputation that he had was beating senior-level athletes in the room. I know he beat Angelo Borzio a couple times, so on and so forth. So, you know, I, this one's close to my uh, knowledge base, but I think coming out of high school, Steve Mako is pretty much as good as it gets. I think you'd be the foremost expert on Steve Mako. Like, if, if, if they had to dis- dissect Steve Mako to some kind of alien species, like, you would be the guy to tell them. Unfortunately, I am, yes. So, anyways, you know, I was – I lost a Lockhart in a double overtime going into my sophomore year. And going into my sophomore year, Mako had already signed with Iowa. That was the guy I knew I was going to have to beat to be a national champ. And he hadn't even set foot on the college campus yet. Dang. So my number five, I have to assume, is not on your list because I think our top four are going to be similar. Um, and now you're kind of making me question that I maybe shouldn't have put him on here. But my number five is Damian Hahn. And obviously we all know he only had one loss in high school, three high school state titles, junior national titles, everything else. The reason I put him on here, and I I was trying to find more data, I could not find it, was his junior year of high school and he wrestled in the U.S. Open and beat NCAA champion Mark Branch. So for a junior in high school to be able to go do that at an upper weight class is so impressive. Um, Like I said, I couldn't find more information on the weight class and who else he wrestled in that tournament. It did say he was one round away from placing. And as we know, they used to have bigger brackets at the U.S. Open than they do now. Um, so for someone as a high school junior, and I don't know why he didn't wrestle as a high school senior in the U.S. Open. I couldn't find that. Um, but you know, I know a lot of people thought he was so good that he uh, two NCAA titles was almost a disappointment. It was a disappointment for him. Listen, uh, you, you got me really nervous, Ben, because you said our four was going to be the same, but my four, you're doing the odds, right? Or am I doing the I just told you my five was – Your told five you my, was Mako. Yeah. My four is Damian Hahn. I don't, so, know, I don't know who are the top four that I have that you're missing, but you forgot someone, bro. I must be – I must have forgot somebody, dude, because 
Damien Hahn's my number four. Well, we, and, we were arguing about the guy who's my number one we were arguing about today, so i got to assume he's your number one. He's my number one, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, well, uh, let's go. I, let's hear what you got to say about – oh, I'm, so, yeah, first, I'm first on number four then. Damien Hahn's my – well, let me just say Damien Hahn's my number four. He and I graduated high school the same year, and you're exactly right. This dude beat Mark Branch, um, competed well with Les Gutchess, uh, was a man amongst boys by the time he was a sophomore in high school – one Fargo going into his junior year, which at that time didn't happen very often. Did not happen. And um, lost to Kale four to three during his redshirt year. I know that wasn't high school, but it just shows that you know going, you know, he was just um, a man amongst boys going going into college. I mean, to your point, I mean, Damien had a phenomenal career. Yeah, well, um, he's four 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 one one or four three five five. I think he was. I think he was five five one one. Okay. Uh, Olympic Olympic alternate, yep. you know, national team member had a phenomenal career, but um, yeah. So so, but you, to your, the point you made, some people and it's just so weird that they would even think that, but that he had like an underwhelming college career. But this dude was a man amongst boys in high school. Had a great college career, four time All American, two titles, um, but four time Jersey State champ. Uh, actually, was he a four-time Jersey State I champion? Thought he, I thought he won three, and his only loss in high school was at the state championships. Yeah, I think he – yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, at any rate, uh, just a stud. I remember when – he and I were the same age and virtually the same weight. I was one weight class higher our senior year. We were on some junior world teams together and stuff. And um, he uh, – when I when I when he beat Mark Branch, I was just like, wow, wow, wee wee. Like, how do you, how do you how does a dude my age do that? You know yeah, what I mean? Seriously. Uh, so, anyways, he's my number four. All right. Well, my number four will be Mark Hall. Uh, you got the only person I know with six state titles. Which you know, Mark Hall from from when we were talking about crazy parents earlier, he moved uh, to three different states to wrestle in high school. Uh, he was from Michigan, wrestled in Kentucky for a year, and then went up to Minnesota to Apple Valley. But you know, to your point about David Taylor, where the dad was just like an assistant or in the in the passenger seat, as you said, uh, that was how I heard. The, you know, I heard the same thing about Mark. Is that that's how it went down? That you know, Mark was the one making the decisions. I can't confirm it on that because I wasn't close enough to the situation. But that's that's what I've heard about it. So six state titles. He won a cadet world title. He won a junior world title, and he made the quarterfinals of the Olympic team trials uh, last year. So high school resume, amazing. Obviously wins uh, wins an NCAA title as a true freshman. Um, yeah, about as, about as good as it gets. We're, we're getting close to the top. So that's who I forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. That's who I You're forgot. You're just mad he beat Bojo in the finals. Uh, that's who I forgot. Okay. Um, I thought he got third at the Junior Worlds. I didn't know that he won it. Yeah, he won it last year. Oh, you count that as high school? Well, he was in high school last year. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, <laughs> well, summer go- it was the summer going into his freshman year of college, but I guess that still yeah, counts. counts. Yeah, count it. Yeah, so he's the guy I forgot, and I'm not even going to argue with him being your number four. Okay. Uh, I, just, I just straight up missed Mark Hall. So. All right, so I, I'm wondering if our three and two are the same because I know our one's the same. So, um, go ahead, number three. So my three was a tough call, um, but I'm gonna give it to uh, Kyle Snyder. Kyle Snyder is my number three. He was a junior world champion in high school, a junior world bronze medalist. Hadn't really. Um, I don't think he had beaten any big time guys in a real match, but he was beating David Kilgore in practice. I knew this. Beating Win Mahalik in practice as a high school guy. Um, his legend was preceding himself, extremely dominant, dominant with other high school guys. Um, and, but he just hadn't quite yet made it known that he was wrestling with, with men at, at the senior level in real matches, singlet on freestyle, you know, us open type stuff. So I got Kyle Snyder at number three. Yep. And I have, I have the exact same thing. And he did not compete a lot. I guess this would be a good example of someone who was kind of pushed to stay at his age group level, even though maybe he could, could have competed. Uh, well, he was a world champion one year out of high school. Uh, correct, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he could have, obviously. Um, the one the one match I did find, uh, yeah, I, I told you I was doing my research, Tommy. You were. Uh, you're kind of a wrestling nerd. 
<laughs> yeah, I used to I used to save all the brackets from Fargo so I could go back and study who beat who and stuff back awesome. in the day. I, I did throw them away like when my mom was moving out of her house. Um, he lost to Gatsalov. At, this was when he was a high school senior in the spring at the Beat the Streets. He lost six to three to what's Gatsalov's first name? I always forget. Some Haji Marat. Haji Marat. Gatsalov, who obviously is uh, is an all time great. I mean, what six world titles or seven world titles or something to that effect. Right. So for him to be able to compete that well with him um, as a high school kid is um, is pretty amazing. And number three, so number two and our number one. God, we're like we had number one the same, number two the same, number three the same, number six the same, number seven the same, number eight, nine, and ten the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh god alright so number two would be Aaron Pico uh, Olympic team trial runner up I think is probably the most important credential and you know Olympic- this is someone who made a very this is a very mature decision to not co- discontinue high school wrestling I yeah. mean what high school kid didn't want to win four state titles especially in California I believe he would have been the, the only the second person to ever do that in the history of California right Right. and, and he forewent that to, to really go chase his real dreams. I remember he beat um, Daniel Serafian, an Armenian world champion, I believe as a high school junior. Um, to really talk about it, he's 6-0 and versus Zane Rutherford, and Zane Rutherford's the Hodge winner and as good as Zane that is. is mind, that is it's so mind-blowing, right? It is mind-blowing. You know what's interesting is our top two guys are two guys that elected to not wrestle in college. Um they also uh, are from the West Coast, uh, Arizona and California, which I think is kind of interesting because, you know, we 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 take this great pride in the Midwestern Rust Belt yeah. wrestling, and the two best high school wrestlers in the past twenty years um, come from the West Coast. There's just a lot of cool things about it, but yeah, I got Aaron Pico at number two, um, Olympic team trials runner-up, cadet world champ, junior world bronze medalist. Some great wins over some world senior level athletes, including a world champion. Six and over Zane Rutherford. I could go on and on. He's number two. Gosh, maybe he should have been number one. I mean, he was definitely more consistent than our number one. That, that's right. for sure. I mean, six six and over Zane. Are you freaking kidding me? Right, right. Seriously, right. I mean, when, when you think about how good Zane, like, think about how good Zane's bracket was this year at NCAA's, and yep. how Zane just drilled all of them. And right. Pico, and really Pico versus Zane, it was never really in the balance. It never came down to that last minute. I agree. You know? I agree. And since it was never really in the balance, Ben, if Pico and Zane wrestled a folk style match in a vacuum, would you take Zane or Pico? I mean, I got to take Pico. I, you know, obviously it is different because Zane's so damn good on top. Right. But. I mean, with what I've seen from those those matches, there's nothing saying that Zane's going to be more consistent with his takedowns than Pico is. And if Pico goes and gets one or two takedowns in the first period, it, you know Zane's not going to turn him. So it is amazing. It is amazing to say that Zane Rutherford is zero and six versus anybody, let alone a high school kid. Yeah, seriously, right? It's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's like it's it's really hard to comprehend, actually. <laughs> it really is. It is. It is. Um, okay, so we had number six. Uh, I'm sorry, number six. Uh, and then obviously both of our number ones, uh, Henry Cejudo. I thought, Tommy, so you, you corrected me today because we were arguing That's that. Correct. That's correct. I corrected you. <laughs> I thought he was a year out of high school when he won the U.S. Open. But he. I, I found out he's the only American since 1983 when they first started really doing the U.S. Open in current format, he's the only high school kid to win the U.S. Open. Which I love. That's um, impressive. He won the Open in 06, then lost to Sammy Henson in the World Team Trial uh, Finals. And um, then he made the team in 07 and then won the Olympics in 08. But yeah, U.S. Open champion in 06. You know, you, I, I could clump Snyder, Pico, and actually just Pico and Cejudo together and you know you could you could make some arguments, some strong cases as to why Pico should be ahead of Cejudo. But I give Cejudo the nod just because he got it done. He stood atop of the mountaintop as a U.S. Open champion as a high schooler. You got to give him the nod on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. So 
That that was fun, but I wish we disagreed more, Tommy. I really I do. Kind of like vanilla it, a little bit. It makes, better, it makes for better ratings. Seriously. So uh, before we cut out here, U.S. Opens this weekend. Give me your the number one match that you are excited to see this Come weekend. Come on. What? What kind of question is that? Number one match. Jake Burroughs, dude. Damn it. That was my match. Is that, I I guess, mean, that's probably everybody's match. Shit. Yeah. Jake Burroughs, man. I'm, I'm so excited. Hey, question for you. Who's going to win? Gun to your head. Well, question for you before I, you put the gun to my head. Okay. Is the U.S. Open Finals best two out of three, or are they still doing one match finals? No, uh, from my knowledge, it's one match, unless I missed okay. something. Yeah, I'm taking Burroughs, dude. Taking Burroughs. I'll take Burroughs also. I, I mean, obviously I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm kind of interested to see that how that entire bracket shakes out because you do have Deeringer in there. You have um, Mark Hall in there. I think maybe IMR. So you're going to have some other interesting people where, you know, for a while I there. I was down at 70 kilos. Did he drop down? I thought he did. I thought I read that somewhere. Uh-huh. It was a headline, though. I'm not, I, I'm not reading articles lately. I, I always headline. think about how excited I am for the new weight classes. I'm very, very, very excited for the new weight classes. Rumor is it's going to be every five kilos from 55 up to 100. So 55, 60, 65, 70, et cetera. Um, and then there will be a big jump to like 130 or something. If there was a hundred, I would have done well. Was it two twenty-two or something? Yeah, like hundred kilos cumulative scoring. Sign me up. Cumulative me. scoring. That was why did that not stay in my era? Hundred kilos. We had the stupidest scoring. rules ever, Tommy. Can we complain <laughs> about that for a minute? What the hell were those people thinking with those wow. rules? Hundred kilos cumulative scoring. I'm in. Sign me up. Let's go. Hey, how's your training going for the Midlands 2017? Oh, terrible. Why? Terrible. Because I don't work out. <laughs> oh, my God. We need to get you um, some paid leave from your job so you can train for the Midlands. You would think. I'm in the produce business. I mean, it's a healthy lifestyle type thing, right? Yeah, you would think. I mean, maybe you need to have, provide more produce at your place of work or something. That's know, right. Like That's some right. carrot That's sticks right. or some cauliflower or something. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, man. Well, that, that was fun, despite the fact that we had seven of the ten the exact same. So we will have a Pretty lot to Pretty impressive, discuss. to be honest with you, Ben. It is. You know, honestly, it does, it does make the case for how it's fairly clear-cut. Like, I think it's hard to argue too much differently than what we had because these certain people have such a high set of credentials. It's such a limited amount of people you can be able to put in there. Yeah, and I feel bad for getting about Mark Hall. He's just so recent that I didn't think of him, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, so next week we'll be talking about the U.S. Open. That should be a lot of fun. All right, brother. Have a good one. Have a good night. See ya. You are listening to the T. Rowan Funky Show, and it is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you've built. Tommy, I got to say, I tried these products. He shipped me a box. Uh, I love them. I've, I've had, uh, if you know me, you know I had, I've had ringworm issues for a long time. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to putting these in my repertoire and, and hoping uh, the ringworm does not come back ever. No doubt, Ben. And to top that off, the company was created by wrestlers. Guy Seiko wrestled at Cleveland State University. His son was an All-American in Virginia, so these people really get it. They know what the wrestling community needs.